Welcome to the July 4 Spectacular, Richard, here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Find us and many more fantastic fantasy podcasts at FullTimeFantasy.com, on Twitter, at FullTimeFantasy. And, of course, you want to follow your boys at AsylumFootball on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, and AsylumFantasySports.com. That intro gets longer every week, Rick. I'm going to need more pay for this. It's just simple as that. Yeah, no doubt about that. But, you know, for God's sakes, if you're listening to fantasy podcasts, get on the full-time podcast network, full-time fantasy podcast network. If you're an iTunes listener, get on there, put in full-time fantasy. I mean, you'll find us all, rate us five stars, drop us a line, let us know what's going on. However, whatever format you listen to, we've got it. iHeartRadio, we're on there. Spreaker, we're on there. <clears throat> Pardon me. iTunes, like we said, go to podcast. Don't go to music. We can't sing. Okay? I could try. Yeah, we could. Maybe we ought to try a duet. <laughs> it would either be the best or worst rated show. I mean, you ever. know, there were... You know, there were some really famous duets. I mean, Simon and Garfunkel, Fligger and Briggs. You know, I think I mean, we're right there. Yeah. And, hey, fantasy draft season's coming up. Rather than playing with all those donks down in the mailroom or all your drug-addicted friends like we do, head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Get in the FFWC season-long expert contest, the Mock Draft World Championship, $35 starter leagues, the $299 Dynasty World Championship out there in Las Vegas. Get get on FullTime Fantasy. Check it out. Play in some real leagues. Quit playing with your wife. Quit playing with your Maybe. drunken fool buddies. Play hey. with some real competition. Yeah, and if you think you can beat us, get in the Beat the Expert Leagues. We're all for it. And uh, you can sign up for one of those things. We can we can arrange it to uh, you guys try your luck with it. Yeah, I think we need an Asylum League. So if you're interested, at Asylum Football on Twitter, let us know. So going to get into the uh, NFC, Rick, today, I believe. What are we going to start with for this week? The North and the East we're going to take care of. Just a fantasy preview. Real simple, if this is the first time you're listening, we did it with the AFC the last two weeks, just going through all the rosters, looking at the fantasy prospects, i.e. killing time until camp starts when this is all done, and we have some real news to talk about. So do all that. Not a lot on the news front, Rick, the NFL news front, other than Ezekiel Elliott met with Lord Goodell and somehow walked out of there without a suspension this time after that incident with the in Las Vegas, the security guard who took a soccer-level flop when Ezekiel yeah. Elliott walked past him. So thank God Lord Goodell was able to back off of that one. Uh, other than that, I just not a – Kareem of- Hunt in another so – alleged altercation in a bar and then had a another quote-unquote heated argument with with uh, police but nothing really happened there yeah, that was weird when it was first reported it was he'd been arrested and he had a bloody knife in his hand and everything else and it turned into he just had an unpleasant conversation with the law so I don't know. I guess if you're Kareem Hunt and dealing with what you're going through, maybe oughtn't to be hanging out at bars. I hate to tell a young guy that. You couldn't have told me that at his age. But 
trying to keep your nose clean. I don't know. I don't expect any more to come out of that, I hope. I don't know. So let's get into the previews. There's just nothing good and nothing otherwise to talk about. So why don't we – And nothing good happens after midnight in a Uh, bar either. Tell me about it. Most of my 20s and half of my 30s. So the NFC North, Rick, where do you want to start in the North? It doesn't really matter. Wherever you want, I'm trying to get back uh, online as, again, the Internet just went down. Yeah. And I'm online, so it's there just There you go. You. I just made it. So, yeah, so we're fine. It doesn't matter. We can go anywhere you want. Well, let's go. Let's go to the East. Oh, we're going to go to the East. We did it All with right. the AFC. We started with the East. We might as well do it with the NFC. All right. So, AFC East, we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Let's talk the Dallas Cowboys, Rick. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, in the East you have Barkley and you have Elliott. We know that these guys are top four studs, no way – shape or form when when the drafts come around the Dallas Cowboys have I think there's a lot of optimism with you we know they got a good defense but offensively especially fantasy wise I think there is a lot of optimism after what Amari Cooper did when he pardon me a little frog in my throat tonight you know after about halfway through the season Amari Cooper looked great you know, they cleared out uh, Cole Beasley and, of course, Zeke Zeke. And I, I really think that um, the balance that Prescott can provide w- with a good, strong passing attack is really going to dictate a lot of Ezekiel Elliott's numbers and, and the rest of the offense. And let's not forget, we, we got your boy Jason Witten back. Well, that's your boy. You, you have got to be giddy. Rick's fourth-round pick in any draft he's in, in case <laughs> yeah. you're wondering. Rick's real first first man crush Rick Briggs has ever really had. Well, no, Jim Brown was the first one, but his first modern-era <laughs> man crush being Jason Witten. But, yeah, I agree. Look, this is all about we, – we don't have to spend any time talking about Ezekiel Elliott, right? We know exactly what we're going to get. Presumably, you know, barring injury, unforeseen injury, has no injury history. Seems like he escaped the clutches of Gargamel Goodell once again. And so we're going to get 16 games out of him. We know what you're going to get. I don't think he's in any doubter top four fantasy back when this thing is all said and done. So it really does for me. You know, the only two questions I have, really, three questions, I guess. What's Dak Prescott going to be? Amari Cooper, was that a mirage, kind of the shackles are off, or has he found the perfect fit and going to be leaning closer to that 2,000 yards he said he wanted to get to, which I think was a throwaway comment, but from what I saw on the tweeters, 75% of the fantasy community took as gold, right? And, oh, well, Amari Cooper said it. He's going to throw for 2,000 or catch 2,000 yards this year. And then who else? Who else, right? We know Elliott. I think we know Michael Cooper. Gow. Is it Michael? Does he put up fantasy relevant numbers? I, I, guess I think so. Question. I think he's a clear number two coming in. I mean, look, Randall Cobb. We know he's a, he's a veteran, nice little guy, maybe to have on your roster. I don't mean fantasy roster. I'm talking about the Cowboys themselves. <clears throat> but he's not that big playmaker any longer. Alan Hearns. We know what Alan Hearns is. I mean, he plays a couple of games and he's out. Yeah, that's kind of um, his Tavon Austin never lived up to the, any close to any of the hype that he's had. Uh, and basically, there's a bunch of other guys named Mo. as far as I'm concerned. Noah Brown, Sid Wilson, 
et cetera, et cetera. I, I think it's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup show, quite frankly, with a little bit of Randall Cobb thrown in there just for stability. Yeah, and I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he might be a 100-catch guy this year. You quite frankly, he's been trending that way, you know, last season especially. So, well, let's go back to Dak Prescott. So, I think we know what we're going to get with this guy, right? I mean, you want to talk consistent, 2017, 3,300 yards, 22 touchdowns. 2018, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns. So I think it's pretty safe to say he's not going to have a 50-touchdown season. I also think it's pretty safe to say he doesn't need a 50-touchdown season when you have Ezekiel (laughs) Elliott doing what Ezekiel Elliott can do, presumably four 16 games. So it's a matter of, you know, 3,800 yards, there's 22 touchdowns. It really becomes about what share of that is Amari Cooper going to get. And could you see a little tick, you know, upward tick and touchdown catches? Very possible. He could be be upper, upper 20s. Somewhere along there between 25 and 30. Look, I, I have no idea um, how this is going to play out. I know they, they've been um, – they were banged up towards the end of the year offensive line. But, you know, that's past. I mean, right now I know they're healthy. Jason Witten's 106 years old. I think he's trying to surpass Frank Gore in longevity. <laughs> but he, t- he took a year off, so it would be an asterisk. So. Right, right. Do you get anything, anything but, from him? Look, I his knees have been shot for a couple of years. Right. But a red zone target, very possible. I mean, I'm not saying anything spectacular, but he could provide, you know, just another target in that red zone, in the end zone for Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, I mean, it can't hurt, but I don't think he takes anything away. You know, I certainly no. don't expect anything from – you know, Rico Gathers or you name another dummy, Blake Jarwin, all these guys. We try to make fantasy relevant. So, so Amari Cooper in his Dallas career last year, 53, 725, six touchdowns, puts him on pace for, you know, about 80, you know, eight, seven, eight touchdowns. Kind of if he was there the whole time, you know, up around a thousand yards. Is that the ceiling? Where is the ceiling? Is the ceiling two thousand yards? Obviously not. <laughs> is the no. ceiling, you know, fifteen hundred? Is it a hundred catches? Is it a hundred and ten catches? What what are we expecting from Amari Cooper? I can see Amari Cooper, you know, all everything that we say takes place, you know, barring severe injuries and this, that, and the other. I can see Amari Cooper ninety five catches. 1,400 yards, and and maybe upwards of, of 10 touchdowns. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. And he's certainly a guy on my radar at the right price, that's for sure. He's yeah. not still not up there with your Julio Jones and your Hopkins and so forth, but he's right there, tier one. Yeah, I think he is a guy, a potential tier one guy that you can get at a tier two type of price, I guess, right? You're not going to have to spend a first first two round type of draft pick on him, but I think you could get that low end wide receiver one sort of production out of him, which I, I think most people would say, you all right? I've watched Rick Briggs literally drink 17 gallons of water in that one sentence. Now it's coming out of his nose. Apparently I made him laugh. I'm just going to pause and see if we can hear Rick cough all this water back up. Hold on a minute. 
I told you I had a frog in my throat, you goon. I'm well, just, I think I was you, just trying to clear it out I so think I could you talk dr- I think you drowned it for the now. for the fans. Talk crisply, you say. <laughs> All right, anything else to talk about with Dallas? They kind of bore me. Let's get to a more exciting team, maybe not fantasy-wise, but just in terms of drama. Let's go up to your second home, New York City, and talk about <laughs> the Giants, Rick. Okay. I get again. It's kind of like Dallas. You know, we don't really need to talk about Saquon Barkley. He's the you know he right now he's at least the number two pick in the draft. All right. So there here is a question, and I use this to segue into this. I believe we both have number one picks in the upcoming Scott Fishbowl. Do we not? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we talk about a. A precedent Some that weird is unprecedented. serendipity. Although this is the second time I've picked first overall in this thing, and I don't like it in a league. I don't either. That's I, I that really competitive. Don't. There ain't a whole lot of sleepers, a whole lot of value sitting around when that thing comes back around for I round know. two. So anyhow, you're at the top of your draft. Is it Saquon? Don't think twice. Is it Kamara? Is it Zeke? Is there anybody to, else to who me, slips up there? To me right now, and, of course, I'm going to wait through training camp, obviously, well, just you, to make sure everything's okay. But, well, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, you really we're can't. Picking, Scott we're Fishbowl, drafting you're Monday. Right. You can't wait. I'm talking it. about a lot of the, to the fantasy people. But me, I'm going to be juggling Barkley and McCaffrey, uh, be quite honest with you. I think there's um, plenty of pros for Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league. Right, right. And so, yeah, I'm probably, I'd say right now, 65-35, Barkley over McCaffrey. And I think the fishbowl specifically being points per first down right. and sort of the different scoring, I think, makes Barkley right. almost to lock it up. And honestly, I don't know how much more valuable McCaffrey is even in a true straight PPR format. Oh, it's tough. I mean, but I just think, but boy, and you want to talk about the only game in town, right, Rick? I mean, Saquon Barkley with Odell Beckham gone with all the drama at the quarterback position. But you go back just last year, not to interrupt you. PPR's format in our league of consequence. Um, Barkley outscored McCaffrey by 1.3 points for the entire year. That stuns me, actually. It, I it mean, really it, does. yeah, it, it's and that's just a straight PPR, right. no bonuses. That's sort of the scoring in that league for anybody wondering. So look, you know, Barkley again, kind of like Zeke. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about him. This is a lockdown top two at worst, top three pick. If somebody's got the warm and fuzzies like I do for a Kamara. Yeah, the the quarterback position is a mess, right? They've decided Eli's done. Eli is done. They've decided they hate the rookie now, which makes me that's he's my new favorite player in the league. I hope Eli gets benched. He, he leapfrogged the Peter yes, man. Yes, I hope okay. Jones comes in, and I hope he's Joe Montana from day one, just so all these draft Knicks and these New Yorkers, you know, two of the probably ten worst groups of people in the planet, can eat it. It's <laughs> you know, just and that's, that and that's my great segue into the question I have for you. I mean. Aside from Evan Ingram, which everyone seems to be jumping on that bandwagon, and I'm a little more dubious than some people with him, but, you know, I have no idea what may transpire if Jones takes over as far as chemistry-wise. But who are you buying into in the wide receiver? Are you buying into Shepard, Tate, Corey Coleman, Cody Latimer? 
There's... No, no. Shepard, <laughs> yes. Shepard, he has value, right? Somebody's still going to catch the ball, be it bad Eli, be right. it the rookie. I, I don't care. Somebody's going to have to catch the ball. But is it Shepard or Golden Tate? Well, I or... think it's Ingram. Well, it's Barkley. Then it's Ingram. Then it's Barkley. Then I think it's Shepard. I, I mean, I think that's where it falls. I think Ingram has a lot of value. I don't want to gloss past him. You know, last year, only 45 catches, only 577 yards, only three TDs. He was in and out of the lineup, even within games, I think it's a certain amount of times. With good health, with another full year, you know, now heading into that third year. I think this is a 70 – he had, what, 65 catches his rookie year, 64, I guess, to be precise. I think this is an 80-catch kind of guy. I think this is a – Eight, nine hundred, maybe even sneak into a thousand yards. But I think Evan Ingram's a double-digit touchdown type of cat, looking about seventy catches with double-digit touchdowns. So in today's NFL in 2019, that's maybe what a top five tight end. <laughs> you know, good luck, good right. luck finding it. After that, look, Shepard. If Eli continues to be the quarterback, whether that's a good or a bad thing, you know, we're not we're not going to debate here. We'll let uh, New York Twitter take care of that for us. Shepard's been around for a little bit, right? He, yeah. He, he knows it. He's been there with him. There's got to be some chemistry there. Golden Tate will get his, but he's kind of just Golden Tate, right? And he's going to kind of fill that same role in New York. You know, and then beyond that, Russell Shepard, Darrell Davis, Benny Fowler, you know, Corey Coleman. Coleman's always a guy that excites me. And you're going to see him in the preseason, and he's going to look fantastic. And then the games are going to start, and nothing's going to happen. Coleman's in, it really is intriguing. This offense isn't good enough for somebody like him to break through. It were the best place for Coleman would have been if they'd have kept him in Cleveland, right? right. In, in, in there and being sort of the third fiddle there. Being the third fiddle and in in really the fourth fiddle and the fifth fiddle after the tight end and the, and the running back, it isn't a good place to be not in this offense. Sterling Shepard's a guy I'm going to roster. You're going to get him at a value. Again, he's going to be a 65-70 catch guy, I think, is the ceiling for him. Golden Tate. Maybe sixty grabs. It's it's going to be rough. It's going to be ugly there after Barkley and Ingram for me. I'll reg, I'll roster Shepard. Golden Tate's always a guy I kept at the end of my benches. I don't think this year. I don't think I'm bothering with that mess. No, and it will be interesting when Daniel Jones takes over. What will transpire offensively? I, God, I just hope he's the best quarterback who ever played the game. It Probably is it. Look at Pat I Mahomes. I, right. I mean. It, I'm not saying he's going to walk in and do something like that. But from what I've seen of Daniel Jones, which isn't a ton, I admit, but I watched him some at Duke and, and a little bit in the, the mini camps and so forth on the, you know, playing on the NFL network and that kind of thing. It's possible that a guy like him, look, I mean, Eli is loved in New York. Was loved, <laughs> but it's it's not. I mean, fan wise, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy's loved in New York. He's a Manning. He's a nice guy, and so forth. But it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like that picture hanging on the wall that you know you just don't take down, and when you finally do, it's like that 
clean square <laughs> on, on the dirty wall. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm with you. It, right. it, it's like, I mean, Daniel Jones could walk in and maybe pre- be that catalyst. And I'm not saying they're going to be a good team or anything, but maybe you see the first steps of this offense picking it up. You know, all of a sudden this kid's not running for his life. Maybe they're blocking a little better. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. It just seems like they pick up some more life if if he gets in there. I I mean, because, I mean, you watched the Giants last year. I mean, Eli's sitting there. He looks like some poor abused kid. And with his lip hanging down, and or or that dazed and confused look that you always like to, he always to looks, look looks a little confused. I know he's not. The man's got two Super Bowls, right? But yeah, he always just looked <laughs> looks a little bit confused. Looks a little wondering how he got there, and right? How he's gonna get home? So really, I mean, look, this is Saquon easy. It's Evan Ingram, pretty easy comparison compared to others at his position, and then bunch of carton of eggs after that, you know. By and large, with Eli, yeah, I, it, I agree. It's this whole division, right? Now let's head down to Philadelphia. We're kind of dealing with the same thing here, right? Carson Wentz gets the huge deal. You know, do we get second or first half of the year setting the world on fire before Nick Foles come over and finished it off for him, guy? Do we get, you know, sort of up and down that we saw last year? Who is Carson Wentz? We know who the Eagles think he is based on that deal he got. Who does Rick Briggs think he is? Well, you know, I Carson Wentz, I think, is going to be fine as far as that goes. I, I'm not sure – that he is the all-world Johnny Unitas that a lot of people think, you know, it appears that he is to some people. But that being said, I think, certainly I think he's a very good quarterback. And Philadelphia has made him their guy. And you and you just look down, okay, I'm just kind of comparison. It's real, to me, it's not really the same. Look, Barkley is head and shoulders over Jordan Howard. We'll give that, obviously, I mean, yeah, to the Giants. But I'm taking Zach Ertz over Ingram. Right. All right. And we just talked about the receivers with New York. But in Philadelphia, you still have, albeit he's getting a little long in the tooth, but you still have Elshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar. Look, we know what Deshaun Jackson can be if they're not playing very well. Right. But if they're playing okay, Deshaun Jackson's pretty explosive if he has to be. Yeah, I mean, it's three catches right. for 74 uh, yards. Jeffrey's Jeffrey. We know who he is. For some reason, Aguilar's still hanging around Philadelphia. Seems to still get it done. Just kind of there. Yeah. Um, and Philadelphia is, look, defensively is way better than New York. So I think that, again, that transpires into more potency on the offense. Right. Because they got a better defense. I think Obviously, Jordan Howard, you know, I think this could be a, a little bit of a sleeper this year, quite frankly. I mean, you look behind him, you have Corey Clement, Miles Sanders, Wendell Smallwood, you know, who's kind of like the change of pace guy for Philly. But, I mean, it, Jordan Howard's still it. And I, and I think he could put up flex numbers easily. Is he it? That's what you wonder. In this offense. I think so. With this head coach. 
does he get a heavy enough workload to because I tend to agree with you I'm not arguing I tend to agree Jordan Howard's been completely disrespected I felt like he was disrespected by the Bears he's being disrespected generally you know by his ADP in the fantasy community in this way too early talk However, you look at this head coach, and you got guys after him named Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and we all know who Darren Sproles is. I feel like there might be somebody we don't even know about yet who's going to come in and take work. Adams is probably going to get work. We know Smallwood is going to get work. Just kind of the way this offense operates, can Jordan Howard get enough work to actually become a sleeper? I think I agree he has the ability to be a sleeper. I think he's a good fit. He should be the clear and away number one on this roster. Will he, not can he, will he get enough work to do that? That's I, I don't know that right now. I don't trust Pete. Peterson feels like Belichick to me with running backs. Yeah, I, I agree there, but but let's look at um, what Belichick does when he gets a quality back in his system. You know, James White, Sony Michelle, right? I mean, you know, Jordan Howard has proven he can get it done, and. Look, Tarek Cohen certainly fit the scheme better in Chicago for whatever reason. But when Chicago decided to use him, even last year, he produced. And I and I think Philadelphia, I think Peterson's smart enough. Look, they wanted him on the team. They didn't just say, well, let's pick up this guy to, to fill a bench slot. Right, right. So, no, he's I mean, going to go in as the number one. Right. And, and I think he'll have yeah, – look, I mean, is he somebody you're going to want to – draft is your RB1? No. But I, I think very low-end RB2 flex numbers, I think, are certainly reasonable with Jordan Howard, even on this scheme. Yeah, and I think touchdowns are something you kind of can count on from a Jordan Howard, right? Consistently nine almost every year right. of his career, it feels like. You know, if you get that nine, you know, coming off of 250 carries, you know, only 3.7 yards per carry last year, that makes me a little nervous. I don't know if he can get that 250 in Philadelphia. He may, and if he does, I think, you know, he produces at a low-end RB2 kind of flex type of guy. You know, not a lot of catches out of the backfield, runs about 20 every year. But you, you just hope, you know, he gets that shot, he gets that usage. And I, I think the only other thing interesting talking about, look, we don't got to talk about Zach Ertz. What do you have, 482 catches last year? But a lot of buzz out there. I don't know if I buy it. I'm curious if you do, that Dallas Goddard can come in and put up the numbers to kind of be a standalone kind of the, the Hernandez to, to Gronk, how low those many years ago before all the murder and all that nonsense. I'm not seeing it when you got a guy who's going to catch 110 balls and be the focal point of your offense. Where are you at with that? I'm with you. I, I think Zach Ertz is the guy. I mean, 116 catches last year. Look, do you put Godert in there and try to – look, even when Hernandez was in there, I mean, it takes a special, special scheme. They were still – top-notch tight ends, both of them, right, exactly. in the same year. Yes. I don't know if you're going to get that with Godert. I don't know if – Goddard. Goddard. <laughs> I let it go the first time. I don't I know do if – um, what you call it? Uh, Peterson – something just died yeah, up there. I don't, I don't know what, what happened up there. The studio's collapsing. Yeah, I don't know if Peterson's going to have that same scheme. 
He didn't last year. I mean, just look at empirical right. evidence. Let's just look at catches. A hundred and what'd you say it ended up being? 16? Sixteen. I know it was over one hundred and ten. Versus thirty three. Now thirty three for four touchdowns, averaging ten a carry. Goddard is a very important piece to the Philadelphia Eagles, and will be huge in that offense and making that offense move. I just don't know if absent a suspension, injury, something from Ertz that Goddard puts together those standalone numbers with Ertz on the other side. They they talked about it last year. It really didn't happen. Look, that's a nice year from a number two tight end. That's a damn good year, 33, 334, and four touchdowns. That's awesome. But to, I don't know where we're getting the notion that he's going to get enough targets to stand alone while Ertz still going to get his. We all agree Ertz is a top three tight end, right? Nobody, It's down to him and Kittle's the only argument, and there's nobody behind those two where there's even a discussion you know, after, of course, Kelsey. All right. Where does Goddard fit in? Well, How, what routes are you going to take away from Zach Ertz to give to Goddard? I think what we saw last year is who Goddard's going to be while Ertz is there. Well, and I do too, and, and, I, and I think a lot of – a lot of uh, fantasy players out there need to realize that just because somebody says that, well, they're, you know, he's going to be worked into the offense, blah, 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 it takes a special player to be one of these top tight ends, as, as we've seen. There's only Look, a handful. Of them. Jimmy Graham leaves New Orleans. Never the same again. Never saw these numbers from Jimmy Graham again, and we never saw – tight end numbers in New Orleans like that again. I, I don't think you're going to see the same tight end numbers in New England. Probably not. And so, well, not probably, no. You're not, and you're you not going to see Gronk. those numbers with just two – I don't care. You know, you can say one elite tight end and another good one. Aaron Hernandez on another team would have been a top-notch tight end. Probably. I, I have no doubt of that. It, it would have been nice – to see what he could have done in his career. But what I'm saying, Greg Olson's another one. When he was in his prime, he was he was a monster. But when he get got hurt, even at 33 or 34 last year, he's hurt. Carolina didn't put up any kind of tight end numbers. No, no. I mean, it just goes away. It's, it's just, just because a guy goes out or somebody says, okay, they're going to work him into the offense, doesn't mean he's the next fantasy superstar. I th- I'm agreeing with you, 35 catches, you know, upwards, upwards of maybe 400 yards, maybe, you know, something like that, four or five touchdowns. The rest is Zach Ertz. Yeah. He's going to be invaluable to the Eagles. He's going to get a tough first down. He's going to – score a big touchdown here and there. But just as a standalone fantasy player, look, I know you all loved him coming out of the draft. I know his measurables were the greatest thing since Jim Brown and got a name of Mark Bruner had a love child. It doesn't matter. Zach Ertz is there. He caught 116 <laughs> <Mark> balls. <laughs> Mark Bruner. I know Mark Bruner. End, I love he? Mark Bruner, yeah. It just kind of funny to get that pulled I saw, out of the thin air. I saw him at a Hooters one time. He was hammered. I mean, just hammered. It was mid-season. It was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. What, that I was at a Hooters or that he was hammered? hammered. Oh, he was trucked. Actually, I saw him to his rookie year. He might have been a drunk. I saw him his rookie year. Oh, it was before they tore uh, Three River Stadium down. Was that Bruner? I think so, at the Clark Bar right outside of uh, Three River Stadium. I don't remember him being as hammered, but he was trucked (laughs) at at that Hooters. Just (laughs) gone. It was awesome. 
All right. Well, I guess we get down to Washington, as you like to say. No, right? I mean, it's your Washington Redskins. And, I mean, you know, this is this is your team. My team. I mean, it is the, it is the absolute offensive juggernaut that you like to discuss in fantasy. <laughs> I, I mean, you've got Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. You've got – I tell you what, you know, all kidding aside, it's going to be interesting to see about the running back situation in Washington. I can guarantee – I don't care if he's 106, Adrian Peterson don't want to be no backup. No, but he's going to be, right? I, I think he has to be. Am I wrong? I don't know. You tell me. That was my segue question right to you. Oh, so that, that was a question. All right. Look, what Adrian Peterson did last year was nice. But I think what we saw is with Adrian Peterson in his age, while he is a robot, and I think we all acknowledge that, right, and he's ageless, and I think he could play well into his 60s, what we've seen is sort of the explosion is gone. Look, we saw big games, right, well over north of 100 yards several times last year. But look at the carry numbers that were kind of required to get there. Big carries, big yardage. Low carries, low yardage. See how that works out? It's kind of funny. It's kind of serendipitous that way. The explosion's gone. He still averaged 4.2 yards a carry. Okay. Not bad yeah, but, on a crummy team. Right. Um, I, look, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, because I, I, I'm with you. It's um, If Darius Geis is healthy, if that knee is fully recovered. And, he's, and that's the key. He's very young. We know the advancement that's been made in that surgery. I think he's going to have the ability to come in and just make Adrian Peterson. Two questions. All right. Or a two-part question. Do you think, given the similarities uh, of injuries that Peterson had to his knee and Geis had to his, do you, A, think Geis is actually going to be better with guidance and tutelage under Peterson because this is a guy that did recover from it, or, B, he maybe recovers a little too quickly or tries to because he is talking to a robot who just walked in the next year and destroyed the NFL after an ACL. It can't hurt. I never took from Adrian Peterson that he was the great mentor type. You know what I mean? I, I don't see that in him. But I don't think it can hurt. Look, Adrian Peterson's recovery from that – might had a little bit of work to do with work ethic, might have had a little bit to do with something to that level, but it had mostly to do with the fact that he is an absolute unequivocal robot. <laughs> he just, his body is different than yours. So it certainly can hurt, <laughs> I guess, sure. to have that mentor around. But guys, I mean, what is he? 17 he looks like anyhow I mean he is really young he didn't have a ton of injuries in college it was just one of those things he's young he's had a full season he did it in the preseason last year he's not trying to come back in six months like Adrian Peterson done he's had more gonna by the time the season starts 
have had more than a full calendar year to recover for this. I don't even think it's a factor. So we're really having more along the lines of the discussion of just a rookie running back coming into the league and making that impact. I didn't, With the advancements in that surgery, his age and the amount of time he had to recover, I don't think it's even a factor at this point. And I think it's going to be, I mean, I'll give you my perspective. I think it's going to be an advantage to Geis because I think they can work him into a nice balanced workload because they have Adrian Peterson there. He had 251 carries last year, so there's no reason in the world that you can't give Geis a blow every now oh, and yeah, again until yeah. that knees. Look, let's let's face it. In in the two years, 2016 and 2017, before he was picked up by Washington, Adrian Peterson had under 200 carries in those two years. So, I mean, his mileage kind of trucked down a little bit. Right, right. So, I think they're fine. Fantasy-wise, where are you drafting Peterson or Geis? Geis, I would value – it drops off pretty quick. I think I'd value Geis as a mid-range two, honestly. Peterson, he's a deep, deep stash for me. I'd, I really buy into Geis. I was excited about him going into last season – I'm excited about him again. I'm not excited about the offense either one of these guys are in. I think it's going to take another another Geis injury or a Geis coming in and having fumble problems or something and needing to get the veteran in there for him to have any real value. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly grab him, stash him in the double-digit rounds of my fantasy draft, but that, that's it. That's really all I have for him. And we have Jordan Reed. We know Jordan Reed is a must-play if he's playing, which is a roll of the dice that are loaded on snake eyes. I mean, it's you know he's going to miss time. Wide receivers, Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson, Trey Quinn, I, I, and you have Case Keenum at quarterback or Haskins would you know, take your pick right now. Uh, unless they decide they want to go with Colt McCoy. Well, who uh, still can't get on the football field. I would have told you, Rick, right. if he was healthy, that I would think he would be the favorite. Although, if he wasn't injured, I don't Alex think. Alex Smith ever going to play? Oh, God. I, I don't he's think he's com- out of that cast yet. He, he says he may be um, – they may not make the start of training camp, but this guy's clearly the best quarterback in that roster if he can get healthy. And that changes – that whole dynamic of that team. Right, yeah. But, you know, until something happens where I think Alex Smith is going to be on that team, uh, Paul Richardson, Josh Doxson, uh, uh, wide receiver threes, fours. Being that uh, there is nobody else there, uh, Richardson's fine, I guess. Could this be the year Doxson finally – Boy, this is a guy who come in with a lot of hype, right? This is a guy I draft way too early every year. You know, he's he's. I guess I'm a truther. I, you you throw that word on Twitter, it irritates you. I know, so of I like to it use it. You know, I, I've been on Docs, and boy, you just maybe by default does he almost have to have seventy grabs this year? I don't. But who somebody's got to catch football, right? Is it somebody's got to get it to him too? Well, that's, and that's and, and that's. That's a key as well. It's I don't know. I don't know what to to take out of Doc. They didn't. Um, Washington did not um, 
go after the exercise of the fifth-year option on him. Right. So, I mean, they're not real thrilled with him. No. I, and why you know, would they be? Well, of course. And, and, and so I, I'm not buying into him. So. I mean, and we're talking Dachshund and Richardson are the only guys you're even going to consider rostering at this point. And, you know, I certainly don't expect big numbers out of Richardson. So Dachshund's the only one with even any potential. And I've had three years of right. <laughs> him to tell me not to get too excited there. So, I mean, really from a fantasy standpoint down in Washington, it's Jordan Reed for five weeks, and that's about it is what it feels like. And, of course, the, the running backs, you know, guys – you know, don't tell me about Pierre and Chris Thompson. Does Chris Thompson get back in that role where he's a 60-catch spell kind of guy? Or does Geis fill that role as well as the number one running back and the spell is more the hammer that's going to be Adrian Peterson? That could be interesting that, to watch. I know. It, you remember the value P. Thompson had two years ago. Oh, in PPR, kind of, yes. Kind of exactly. in that number, clear number two role, but in – that's a different. That was Kirk Cousins' offense. This offense isn't as open. Look, they've got the coach to open this thing up and do interesting things. I just don't think they have the horses anywhere you look. It's true. They, they've been, uh, you know, Chris Thompson's had been banged up here and there. Guys come back from a serious injury, and Peterson's got some age on him. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're playing with fire with Washington. I mean, look, there's going to be value for these guys. But judging who to take them over right now, to oh, me, yeah. is, is tough. Uh, Let's move on to the North, mister. Oh, we're going to do it all in one episode? We want to do that next week. Well, we have uh, still the West and the South to do. Oh, we've only done the East? Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't you tell me that? I'm sitting here blathering on about Josh Doxson. Who cares? <laughs> I I don't know. Well, you're talking about me drinking too much water. So, I mean, I don't know what to you tell you. You literally drank 10 gallons of water. You, you should see this thing. It's like this seltzer. What what kind of fancy yo boy water, <laughs> water is that? It's it, polar, it, 100% natural seltzer water. Black cherry flavor. It Wonderful. It is literally the size of a pickle barrel. And he took that <laughs> thing down in one swallow. It was amazing. All right, the north. All right, Rick, let's start out. Let's go to the Windy City in Chicago. Please, let's do. Mitchell Trubisky starting to get some shine, get some Here run. is some fantasy advice to all you people Ooh, out there. On the fantasy Draft the net. Bears defense if, you're, if your league has defensive um you know, defensive special teams. All right, good enough. Next. Uh, yeah, Next let's move on to Green Bay. No, it's, uh, I'll tell you what. I love Trubisky coming in. Oh, there goes the Mockingbird again. Oh, that ghost is keeps, knocking all over the keeps place. Keeps falling here. off the wall here. I'm looking for big things from, from Chicago offense. I love Cohen. Trubisky, again, like he said, is, is there. Allen Robinson, look. I think this guy has potential to, to actually be great. If he could stay on the field oh, and absolutely. develop chemistry with somebody who's not drunk, which Blake Bortles was. Quite often, from what I've yeah, heard. Yeah, exactly. He liked the saw. You have Trubisky, definitely worthy of fantasy consideration. Cohen should be in your roster. I like Robinson. I like Taylor Gabriel. And Anthony Miller – could be a real Anthony Miller showed well. some some flashes, but I'll tell you what: you have a team that runs as much as Chicago did, and don't kid yourself they were they were a top ten percentage as far as running plays. The tight ends are key on that. Trey Burton's coming back. 
Trey Burton should you should be targeting for your fantasy squad. And Chicago's loaded. I, I a lot of people said that they were going to regress, and and this is Green Bay's division this year. Yada yada. Minnesota's going to be improved. I think it's going to be a very difficult division to win. I tell you what, I still think it's Chicago's to lose. When you play defense like that, and then it becomes a matter of does Trubisky take that next step forward? When you look at the weapons around him with that coaching staff, a guy like Tariq Cohen, I mean, look, he only got 99 carries last year, caught 71 balls. All right. They, they bring in, you know, he's going to have some help in the backfield. They bring in Mike Davis, but I think, again, it's Mike Davis. So I think Cohen, you see him carry the ball more, plus what he can do in that passing game and the sort of creative offense they can run. Look, this really becomes all about Trubisky. It really does. I don't know what better way to say it. Does he take that step forward? I tend to believe he does. I think that's one of the most polarizing discussions you can have in fantasy football right now, just who Trubisky's going to be. As he goes, I think Robinson's good either way if he can stay on the field. I think we know what we get with Cohen. I think Cohen's I have him solidly as a top upper end RB2, at least in a PPR format, mm-hmm. the amount of times he's going to touch the ball. And then, you know, when you get to the other guys, when you start talking about Anthony Miller, when you start talking about Taylor Gabriel, when you start even Riley Ridley, the rookie, he's intriguing just seeing what his brother did. I get maybe I actually know nothing about Riley Ridley. I'm just thinking, well, if he's half as good as his brother, <laughs> he might be all right. You know, you – you look at it, the, the tight end spot. Uh, why did my mind just go blank? Good Lord. Uh, the, 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 Trey Burton. Why, right. <laughs> why couldn't I come up with Trey Burton? I don't know that. Because you ramble sometimes, that's and true. that's fine. If Trubisky steps forward, I think Gabe, Gabriel certainly can put up fantasy-relevant numbers. I think Anthony Miller could be the breakout star here, right? I think this is a guy who could finish as a wide receiver, too, if that offense is good enough. This just comes down to it. I tend to believe that Trubisky takes that next step forward, so I tend to really value more these guys we mentioned. Anthony Miller's a guy I'm targeting. Allen Robinson's a guy I'm all over. Plus Tariq Cohen, you know, Mike Jones is kind of a guy I'm or Mike David, Mike Jones. Jesus. I gotta <laughs> settle down, calm down. Yeah, Davy Jones. Davy right, Jones yeah. in Mickey his Dolan's lock, in his lock. Okay. You know, Mike Davis I'm not too <laughs> excited about, but I believe Trubisky takes that step forward and I think Allen Robinson, Gabriel, Miller, and Cohen really benefit from it and all are very fantasy relevant. I agree. I Cohen was targeted nine 90 times last year and I think it's I think he's a 120 target guy 115 to 120 target guy in 2019 when he gets that ball in his hand forget about it exactly forget about all right Rick let's keep moving here your favorite team Rick Briggs yeah number one fan of the Detroit Lions look I don't hate the Detroit Lions I I just wish Someone would come into that organization since Wayne Fonts had Barry Sanders and <laughs> knew how to use a running back, or at least how to keep one on the field. So you buying the carry on Johnson no. hype? This guy, the hype is real for this dude. They, people are all over him. I, I'm not buying it. Number one, because it, it, and look, you always want a good backup. But 
you know, Johnson, they, they went out and they picked up C.J. Anderson. They still have Theo Riddick. I don't know. Who knew Zach Zenner's still there? Yeah, Zach Zenner's <laughs> Remember, still there. I think we've probably talked about Zach Zenner answering questions about him on this show in the past. Well, he's, he's an asylumite from way back, oh, so obviously right. we'd be talking well, I, I to him. I didn't realize he was a fan. Okay. Well, that's good to <laughs> he's, know. He's right. He's been in the league for four years. He's just, he's just one of those guys that seems like he's been around yeah, forever. Yeah, it feels like he's been there for 25 years. Exactly. But, no, I, look, I like Kerry Johnson as, as a middle-of-the-road RB2. I, I just I'm not buying into the high. I know I won't get him because I'm not going to be willing to pay the price that a lot of guys are, and I may get burned. And see a lot of people valuing that dude. Of course, the internet just went down again. Thank God we're not trying to do this. Yeah, thing but it live. came back up, so oh, we're well, in good, good shape. We're but in good valuing shape. him as a low end, you know, RB one, you know, if not better than that. And I think we saw flashes last year where I think you could justify it. I can understand where people are getting excited. I just kind of you nailed it. How many guys like Carry On Johnson since Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders have come through Detroit, and for whatever and reason, every year it's that guy. Just because it's Detroit, it doesn't happen. Right, it just flat out doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, and and I'm just I just can't buy into, you know, a, right now a carry on Johnson being an RB one. What I can buy into is Kenny Galladay is a wide receiver Ooh. one, Mister, and with Golden Tate out of the way, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, um, look, I even like Jermaine Curse. There are a lot of people kind of overlooking it. He's not going to be putting up great numbers. Decent enough possession guy. And, and the way Stafford likes to throw the football, I think he's fine. Yeah, Amendola's floating around. Tommy Lee Lewis, a few other guys. But <sighs> there's just something about Detroit that is tough to put your finger on. It's just a vortex of suck. It's it is. Just, I mean, really I, look, I is. love Kenny Galladay. I, I mean, I'm certainly not afraid to pay a price for Kenny Galladay. There, there's no no question whatsoever. Matt Stafford, you know my feeling on Matt Stafford. Yeah, and I always end up waiting too long for my quarterback and always have Matt Stafford, and I wait till after I do that to start arguing that he's going to throw for 5,000 yards again, and he just kind of never does. No, last year, 3,777 yards, 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Look, by a lot of standards, that that's decent enough year. I mean, don't get me wrong, but people still – you know, it's kind of funny that – how you have a short memory on some things in fantasy football, but you have a long one in another. Yeah. People still riding that five thousand yard year. I can't let Matt it Stafford. go. I can't quit it. I can't quit <laughs> it. I won't. I will never let it go. I know. I know. We've argued about this for years, I know, and I'm not backing down. So <laughs> shut up. Back <laughs> off. You're wrong, and, and I love when you are because it's great. It makes me feel better. Back you off, know? old man. Please take him again. <laughs> I don't know why, but you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch somebody physically watch them go out and catch 112 balls for 1,800 yards and 11 touchdowns, and I'll go, pish tosh. Right. Within four straight years of 3,700 yards for Matt Stafford, and I'm going, but he threw for 5,000. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't let it. It's just yeah. So and don't that listen was, to me when it comes let to me, that. Let me see, ladies and gentlemen. That was. 
going on eight years ago. Oh, that is he that had a 5,000-yard year. <laughs> now, one thing I will say about Matt Stafford, uh, he only had the 21 touchdowns last year. But, you know, all in all, he's – I mean, I'll go back 2017, 29, 24, and 16, 32, and 15 – uh, 22, 29. You're going to be mid 20s, mid to upper 20s touchdowns with him. Yeah. Um, that's what you can probably expect from him. I mean, 21's probably a little low for him, but certainly 35 is way out of the realm of expectations. He had that 41 touchdown year, and <laughs> that's the year that you've been living on, man. I can't, I can't quit it. So I think the only player that really matters to you, Rick, on the Detroit Lions. Is your boy Jesse James heading up there? Anything? Move the needle? No. I've never seen, since he came in the no. league, I've never seen a Rick Briggs fantasy team that did not include Jesse James. I know. I mean, I always loved stashing Jesse James, and he always seemed to can't come through on a bye week for me. Right. But, look, ever since a couple of good years, back when Matt Stafford had that good year with Brandon Pettigrew, it, it, it's been your is your term a vortex of suck yeah, for tight yeah. ends. I mean, look what. Um, uh, why is my mind blank now? Ebron, Eric Ebron. Right. What, look at the year he had with Indianapolis going to um, an offense that actually exploited his talent. Hey, why wasn't Matt Stafford going after this guy? Hey, he was. Duh. It felt in, like in they did. He had to draw. There's something there. It's the vortex of suck, right? He got out of there. He got in an offense. Is the player for player, in theory, is the Detroit Lions offense that much worse than the Indianapolis Colts offense? You wouldn't think I so. I really don't think it is player for player. But he kind of gets out of the shackles of Detroit. He's the laughing stock of the NFL tight end community and the fantasy community. And right. he, those chains break and he's free. And you look at what he did. Oh my God. So I don't, you could bring back Gronk in his third year in the league, reincarnate. I think he'd be awful in yeah, Detroit. Back a week ago on the show, we were talking about the Colts. You know, and I brought up the, the situation. You know, is Doyle going to take it? You're convinced Doyle's not going to no. hurt him that badly. No, He's no. that good. Ebron is free. He is out of Detroit. Yeah. Look, everybody, you've been laughing at me. I can catch a football. Right. Watch. Score touchdowns. I'm not in this haunted dome of Detroit or whatever it is. I don't know what it is there, but I'm free. I'm, look at me. Right. Look at me. And I don't think it, you ever give that up. No. And I, I'm i staying away from all tight ends from Detroit. You know, look, I love Ke- Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones for the right price. No problem. He's a clear you know, wide receiver two on Detroit there, you know, behind Galladay. Karrion Johnson, look, I'm not afraid to take him. I love- he's not my RB1, and I'm not paying through the nose for him because I do not trust Detroit running back. I think right we now. agree with each other there. I may be higher on on Johnson than you are. That said, the hype is so big for him. I don't think I'm going to end up with much, if any, Johnson when this draft season's over because I think we're overpaying right now, and I'm not willing – here, you want some real fantasy advice? Never overpay for any Detroit Lion. It's just no matter what, somehow. As Rick knows, for pay overpaying for Matt Stafford. Or paying for him at all. All right, Green Bay, Rick. <laughs> Green Bay is very intriguing. They always are, right? I mean, because of why? 
Aaron Rodgers. Right. Simple as that. And he's still Aaron Rodgers. Although, you know, after so many years of being a clear clut clut or clear cut for our English-speaking listeners, (laughs) number one type of fantasy QB, he's slipping a little bit. He's behind Mahomes. He's behind Luck. He's behind Watson. And I just have this feeling, Rick, that we might be getting – well, he's still going to be a great quarterback, but in terms of fantasy relevance, I think he might be on the back end of that career. Well, I think there's one thing that you have to remember with Aaron Rodgers is he doesn't throw interceptions. True. So – I mean, he had two last year, for crying out loud. He only had the 25 touchdowns. But you tick that up. You tick that up 10 touchdowns, and the interceptions go up to, what, five or six maybe. Right. Now, all of a sudden, he's a top-notch quarterback. I think he still has it in him. I think there was a real toxic environment with him and McCarthy last year. But, of course, it doesn't seem to be starting out too well with Le Fleur. Le Fleur. (laughs) I'm not going to allow Aaron Rodgers to audible. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, you bet you (laughs) will. You will meet the same fate as McCarthy, you idiot. If you're going to take over a team with Aaron Rodgers, face it, you're number two in charge. Accept it. That's the way the NFL works. Look, Aaron Rodgers still QB1. Devontae Adams, you betcha, he's a top three wide receiver. Right. Um, but then stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Scantling, I'm not afraid of. Ignatius St. Brown, Geronimo <laughs> Allison. They got some of the coolest names. Jake Cooper. Marquez Valdez. Marquez Valdez. Yeah. So it's fun to say. It sounds like the cast of a 70s sitcom. <laughs> that said, Wow. <laughs> Just wow. Let's, let's not think. All right. I guess I, maybe I should ask you. I've tipped my hand to where, do I, where I fall. Are one of these other guys going to become fantasy, not just relevant, but fantasy valuable? by virtue of being with Aaron Rodgers, or is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers not going to be as good because after the superstar that is Devontae Adams, I have to say Equanius, Geronimo, and Marquez. <laughs> I wish you'd say that again because I re- that's really cool. All right. Aqua- <laughs> is it Aquanius? Am I even saying that right? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Aquanius. You know Amigos. why? Because. Ajayi. True. You know, Aquina Mias, Geronimo, and Marquez. You know, it's kind of funny where the team like Green Bay, I mean, you have a guy like uh, Michael Crabtree out in free agency. Right. I mean, you would, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they obviously know more than I do. And I mean, like I said, I'm not afraid of scantling what, whatsoever. And I think that he is certainly going to be uh, fantasy relevant in 2019. Um, didn't have a huge year, obviously, last year. Only 38 catches, but he had almost 600 yards with those 38 catches. Big play guy. I, I think um, he's the, the wide receiver, too, behind Adams. You don't have any expectation out of anybody not named Devontae Adams there. Not, no, not especially. I mean, not I feel not like, huge numbers, I feel no. like you're throwing a dart at any one of them. Yeah, it probably goes Valdez, Scantling, Allison, and, St. And, Brown, but you're throwing a dart at any of them. 
Yeah, and, and then we go to the running back situation with Aaron Jones. I'm giddy over Aaron Jones. See, I know Jamal Williams is hanging around. What I forget the numbers, forget the stats. I wrote it all down. I'm not even looking at it. He's one of those guys. He reminded me of Melvin Gordon when we were making fun of him early in his career because he wasn't living up to the. Actually, hype. we weren't. Well, we weren't. Yeah, we, that many was. Were. You're right. But I watched him when he got the football in his hand. Aaron Jones looks like something special. Now, I don't know anything about Mr. LeFleur and how he's going to handle his running backs. But if Aaron Jones becomes the feature back, and I'm doing the air quotes because really outside of three or four guys, there are no feature backs in the NFL anymore. If he comes that guy and they're not just pinballing back and forth between him and Jamal Williams, I think Aaron Jones could be a breakout star this year with 16 games under his belt. Yeah, I put that question to you just because of that because I, I'm right there with you. I mean, look, he's 24 years old. And I really wasn't aware of this until the off season that he was actually referred to by Packers GM Brian Gutkinst. I mean, I'm terrible at names. Gutkinst? You know, I, I'm just even very, if I could, I wouldn't help you. You've right. left me hanging enough that you're on your own. And and Aaron Rodgers both commented that he was the most at, quoting most athletic, fast guy with a little bit of a belly. Well, he's since dropped five point three percent of body fat. Ah, that's a shame. Don't lose the belly. Ask Eddie Lacy. Yeah. Don't stop being fat. You can't do it. Fat you, Rob Kelly. Yeah, you know. Your career falls apart when you're not fat anymore. But I'll tell you what, he's down. He's a small guy. He's only two hundred five pounds, but he put on a lot of muscle. And I'm I'm with you. Okay. Um, I I think this guy is due for a breakout. And they're going to have to, right? Yeah. Somewhat. I mean, they're, they're going to have to if they're going to contend in this division. Because, look, we talked about Detroit, and I still think they're a cellar dweller. But I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot worse cellar yeah, dwellers well, yeah. in divisions. Yeah, go over to the east and look at Washington. Exactly. There. You've got Detroit. You've got Minnesota. And you've got Chicago that we've already covered. He's really going to have to step up. Um, Scantling, Allison, they're going to have to step up Somebody. because it can't be the it can't be the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams show. No, and they're going to have to establish a real run game there in Green Bay. Sure we have they seen are. the last couple of years, Aaron Rodgers getting knocked around a little bit. Right, they're starting to get to him. That offensive line hasn't been as good. He can't be dropping back 50, 60 times. He's becoming it. You don't think about it. Doesn't it remind you? And I'm not talking talent-wise, but the whole scenario. Doesn't it remind you of Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago when right. he was getting his brains kicked out? And he go, you know, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with this guy? I think a lot of that's Aaron Rodgers, too. We, it's hard to be an elite quarterback when you're getting murdered yes, back then. And he's getting to that point in his career. We still think him of as a young quarterback because right. Roethlisberger, Manning, Rivers, that guard hasn't completely left yet. But he's that next step, and there's a lot of talented young guys behind him. He's kind of – I don't even want to say he's necessarily coming back to the pack, but he's getting older, just going back 55, 60 times. And that would be fine if you still had, you know, Adams, Cobb in his prime, the guys – Jordy Nelson in his prime. the guys guys he had in the past. Now it's Ignatius and Marquez. I mean, 
it's different. We've got Geronimo. Geronimo, of course. <laughs> we have got to establish a running game here in Green Bay. I think it has to happen. So and I you think have to play better defense. Well, you know, I mean, that's there's that too. Exactly, but. because you can't expect. You can't fall behind 14 nothing all the time and then expect, well, Aaron's going to pull it out right. like he always does. Well, he, you know, you can't all the time when you're getting murdered and yeah, you're always on the field trying to catch up. beat out of him. Right. Two out of every five times he drops back. All right, over to Minnesota, Rick. Well, it's a good division when you look at it. It's a very it's a good, really division. good division. I would say the best division in football. So, I think the two big questions, look, we know who I Thielen love Minnesota. Is. We know who Diggs is. You know, it, it's the quarterback and it's the running back position. And I think this is this this is custom. Look, this is the second year with Kirk Cousins now, and you know a lot of people say, "Well, you know, Kirk Cousins can win you games, but he can't do this, that. He can't do that." From a pure um, fantasy perspective, I don't really care. Oh, I think he's a the number. Fantasy I, I think the numbers go up this year. Right. Look, it, he was down last year. I understand that, but it was a whole new scheme, new team, yada yada. Um, Delvin Cook's the guy in the backfield. Latavius Murray's gone. Um, he needs him to stay healthy, obviously. But Thielen and Diggs, I dare say, and and we would have to think about it. You tell you better. tell me two duo better, a, a duo that's better. I can't off the top of my head think of one. They're even with somebody, and I don't can't even think of who they'd be even with. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. You have Keenan Allen and Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, these two. It's yeah. the best duo in the league, right? And and they've, you know, they're they're stable as as far as offensive. Look, they brought Kyle Rudolph back. I think maybe they paid a little too much for him for the contract. But you know what? That's a good guy to have on your roster, especially when you draft a guy. You wonder. I'll be curious how that works out. Does he almost become more of a blocker? And you know, Irv Smith is catching the ball. I'll be curious to see how that works out. Rudolph's a guy I'm going to avoid. He's a guy I often ended up with because I also wait too long right. for my tight ends. The sound of theme, like I said, with my quarterbacks. He's a guy I'm avoiding this year. I'll be curious to see what that looks like. For me, this team is all about, look, Kirk Cousins is going to put up fantasy numbers. Look, Adam Thielen's real, right? That debate's over. What we <laughs> saw, he probably regresses a little bit. I don't know how you repeat what he did last year. Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. He is great. Kirk Cousins is a very good, you know, top 10 fantasy quarterback. I think when a game is on the line, when the lights are on, when it's important, he's going to throw up all over his shoes and Minnesota's going to lose a football game. That doesn't affect my fantasy squad. This is about Dalvin Cook. He was on such a meteoric rise before that injury. He was locked down, forget about it, top five kind of back. Goes down injured, slow coming back. Is back fully healthy, 100% Dalvin Cook. Who's he going to be? Where do we draft him? I, I found myself in so many early season mocks and things we're doing. You get to where Dalvin Cook should fit. I'm having trouble pushing the button, Rick. You know, it's like the holding my hand I know. back. He's I, one of those kind of guys that if, if you're down towards the end of, your, end of the draft, 10, 11, 12, Maybe I'll get a wide receiver and get him on the way back. Right, right. Something of that nature. I just don't – I can't see him being that guy. He's not one of those guys, okay, I, I got to have him for my running yeah. back because of his, of his history. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, Kyle Rudolph a little bit. You got Ertz, Kelsey, and Kittle. Blah, right? Yeah. I mean, no doubt. 
the tight end with the seventh most receptions last year was Kyle Rudolph. That's stunning. 64. Stunning. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you get past those three guys, yeah. that's where you're at. You might as well just wait. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, there's point. a lot of hype with Austin Hooper, uh, Jared Cook. I mean, he's in New Orleans. Look, I mean, you're not going to find Jimmy Graham numbers with Jared Cook in New Orleans. I'm I sorry. Hey, you're just not going to. I think Ebron touchdowns obviously regress. So, I mean, you know, Rudolph, look, you're not. he's not going to kill you in a league that requires tight ends. But, you know, unless you spend that high pick on Ertz, Kelsey, or Kittle, go for it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, you bring in a guy like Irv Smith and sort of the, the price you paid for him. I just I, – I wonder a little bit, right? I just wonder. That's all I'm going to say. In terms of what it means to Kelsey, I don't have any great affinity for Irv Smith. No, I understand what you're saying. or senior, but, but where he fits in there. So, it, it Cook's – Cook is the interesting one to me, and he's one I fear I'm undervaluing. You know, we saw what he can be. Exactly. Kind of the same argument I made with Darius Geis. Yeah, it was a bad knee injury, but he's young. Yeah, he was just a kid then. He's a tremendous athlete. I fear I'm undervaluing him a little bit. All I right. agree. Can we quit? Can we go home? Yeah. It's the 4th of July, And get the defense, Rick. too. So. It's the 4th of July. we got to go watch some fireworks. There you go. Hey, quit being that guy. Not you. I'm saying this to the, the Royal Twitter army. I quit being the guy on Twitter complaining about fireworks. I, I've watched some guy you know, talk about how loud they were, and it triggers, it scares animals, and it oh. triggers PTSD in veterans. And then he spent about three more lines talking about the environmental impact. Come on, <laughs> it's one day a year. Look, we all get it's annoyed. A little bit of gunpowder. Yeah, we get, we all get a little bit annoyed at the neighbor who blows them off from Memorial Day through Labor Day. Yeah, he's an a- he's an ass. Go whack him in the back of the head. But for the Fourth of July, shut up. Can we enjoy anything? Can we yeah. just enjoy anything thing for one night come on don't be that guy exactly i agree 100 percent. i don't know where that came from. i saw it today the environmental impact of fireworks and i don't give a crap if it scares your dog shut up yeah. put the thing in scares the scares mine too but you know what she's 10 years old she gets over it every time put the dog in the basement go outside drink a beer and I smile put for her in the basement in she's smart enough to go down there right. it's not a big deal they're not stupid yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. Check us out at Asylum Football, asylumfootball at gmail.com, asylumfantasysports.com. Of course, head on over to Full Time Fantasy. Whoa, was Podcast I just Network. My, I pulled my microphone out. <laughs> Fulltimefantasy.com, at Fulltime Fantasy on Twitter. We will be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.